Welcome to the SBS podcast sponsored by Zwift. It was famously used by Matt Heyman to prepare for his victory at Paris-Roubaix. You can use it too for your own goals. Visit Zwift.com to learn how to join the digital peloton today. Bonjour, 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 and welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. We have a special podcast today. Uh, we're going to talk about cycling for good. I'm Christophe Malen. I'm your host today. Uh, before we start, let me remind you that you can download, stream, or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash central or uh, scheduling a ride with our friends at Zwift. Joining me in the studio, like every week, is Steph McKenzie. Hey, Dave. Hi, hi. I'm happy because the sun is out in Melbourne. How, is, isn't it a great day when the sun's out in Melbourne? <laughs> it's happening less and less in these next You're few months, so I I try and enjoy every minute. Mind you being Melbourne, you're not taking a big punt on whoever is listening, whenever they're listening. <laughs> it's going to be at some That's point. That's true. <laughs> uh, and joining us as well, somebody uh, very special for SBS is Darren Mara, our very own newsreader for SBS. Hey, Darren. Hey, Christophe. How are you? I'm also very happy to be here, not spending time on a bike, on a saddle, <laughs> in a regular seat, soft padded. Happy to be here. Absolutely. We're going to talk about cycling for good uh, today because you have completed uh, a, a huge race, something for you that was uh, almost a mountain or a few mountains to climb, and we'll talk about it. it was the Tour de Cure and you went from Sydney to Geelong, am I right? That's correct, 1,400 kilometres, uh, nine days, um, 120, 130 kilometre plus days every day and um, most, or I'd say a third of the people who rode, like myself, were not, are not cyclists, we're, we're people who just bought a bike because we want to try and make some change in society. Okay, so what, uh, what's your backstory, uh, if we can talk about it? What, what got you on, on this pain, which I guess on the scale of things and what you went through or other people around you went through is probably close to nothing in terms of pain? That's correct, yeah. Um, so uh, Tour de Cure um, has the stated goal of um, helping find a cure for cancer. Um, the money that's raised goes towards cancer researchers. Now, personally, um, I didn't have much to do with cancer in my life. I'm not a survivor. No one close to me had cancer until about five or six years ago. I had two very close friends diagnosed with terminal liver cancer, and at that stage we were about 29 years of age. Um, both those friends sadly lost their lives after about 18 months and um, I saw the deterioration. Um, My stepmother uh, also had um, a form of liver cancer. She died the same day as one of my one of those friends died. Um, A few other friends, a few other uh, um, acquaintances uh, received diagnoses of of cancer. Um, Luckily, actually one of them, Anton Enos, SBS newsreader. Luckily, and he has uh, survived and is in remission and other people that were diagnosed in my life are also in remission. So I just had this cluster uh, of, ca- of cancer suddenly in my life and it affected me deeply because as a viewer to, to what's going on in these people's lives, you're, you're overcome by such a huge feeling of helplessness. Mm-hmm. Helplessness. And what can you do? What can you do? You, you, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a researcher. I don't have the know-how. But what I can do is I can raise money. I can raise money for researchers and I can raise money for support services. Um, so I started small head shaves, um, raising $1,000 here, $1,000 there. And then I came up with this pea-brained idea to ride a bike to Tamworth. I'm not a cyclist, didn't own a bike, but I thought this is a good way to scale up. 
So I talked to my good friend and our good friend, Mike Tomolaris. Um, Tomo and I sit next to each other at the, the SBS offices in mm-hmm. Sydney. We both work for the sport um, bulletin in World News. And Tomo was like, look, mate, that's a dumb idea. <laughs> I, I was going to say, he would have said, that's a, that's a great idea. I'm coming with you. Let's get, do you want to leave tomorrow? <laughs> well, well, I mean, geez, that would have been great. I mean, but he said, look, Daz, you're not a cyclist. You don't have a support crew. It's probably about 400 Ks into Tamworth. Would have done it over three, four days. He said, look, you could be hit by a truck and the the truck, you might not even know he hits you. Anything could happen on the road. I know a guy who does these things for a living. He runs cancer fundraisers um, and bike rides for a living. His name is Jeff Coombs, and he basically helped found Tour de Cure. Yeah. So Tour de Cure runs these bike tours. They have smaller tours, three, four days, which they run with corporate partners. They mm-hmm. raise a lot of money. I've done one of their small ones, actually. Oh, yeah, 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 actually, great. actually, yeah. uh, Tomo, are you here? Yes, I, I am. Oh, oh, Tomo, here he is. Here he is. He's here burning. <laughs> Tomo, <laughs> great. So we got uh, Michael Tomolaris on the line. You guys have been, tr- we've just been talking about it. You guys have been, uh, we got quite a good story around this uh, charity bike ride that Darren just done. Yes, well, I just remind me what they were. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tom, I was just uh, telling Christoph about you how... You left an impression. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what, yeah great, really memorable. Um, I was just telling Christoph about how I came to you and asked you for your advice about that, ra- that uh, ride to Tamworth that I wanted to do, yeah. and you basically said, look, that's not a good idea, um, yeah. but there are groups out there who do these in an organised fashion, and Tour de Cure was one of them, Jeff Coombs, and that, that's how I got the introduction to Jeff um, through your advice. Yeah. yeah, Darren, no, I th- and the reason I suggested that was because uh, the roads in Australia are very, very dangerous. I don't suggest uh, or recommend for anybody to uh, ride long distances by themselves without support, especially if they're inexperienced like uh, you are, you were, um, in January this year. It was a horrible thing to suggest, actually, in the first place, and that's why I suggested the Tour de Cure. Uh, it's uh, it's internationally famous now, and of course, as you know, uh, raising millions and millions and millions of dollars. And uh, I think you got a big kick out of your uh, nine-day ride from Sydney to Geelong. So congratulations to you. Thanks, Tomo. And I guess Tomo as well. You've done some uh, some good because we're doing a podcast on cycling for good, uh, and you've done your, your your good deed as well uh, over the last few weeks. You've done a, you've done a big ride yourself. Yeah, look, I, I've done a few of these uh, long-distance rides now. Um, I'm linked with uh, a few uh, events, uh, charities. I did my first long-distance ride in 2015 from Adelaide to Darwin via Uluru, and uh, I was very apprehensive uh, before day one. But now I find it, uh, you know, quite uh, quite reasonable, quite comfortable to go to to uh, challenge these, uh, to tackle these long distances. And over the last seven days myself, I've ridden from Sydney to Surface Paradise for Father Riley and uh, his youth off the streets. Uh, charity program and what makes this ride this charity different to all the others what makes it unique for me is the fact that you are riding with teenagers they're aged between 14 and 19 and they are riding with you you're rubbing shoulders with them on the roads between sydney and surface paradise and um, you're actually seeing where your fundraising is going right before your eyes I mean, I'd like to think that all the money that Darren's raised in the last three months is going to uh, the, char- the charity that he supports, and I'm sure it is. But you don't actually see it. With me and with my charity, uh, and Youth Off the Streets, well, uh, you see it right before you. And these kids, 
they hurt, they uh, were in a lot of pain, they suffered, but they got through. And only a handful of them chose to use the sag wagon in the seven days. Uh, so congratulations to them. It wasn't about me. It's about uh, these kids. And if they can turn to cycling as a result of uh, their troubled backgrounds, and all of them do have back troubled backgrounds, um, um, they're bullied at school via social media and sometimes physically and one or two of them have been sexually assaulted. One uh, was found on the beach at Maroubra uh, before being picked up by the authorities. So they have great stories to tell. And uh, if it can change their lives around, and uh, the charity does, well, it's a good thing. Tomo, uh, I was going to say, I obviously follow your, your social media on that ride. It resonated with me, I think, as it did with a lot of other people. And you took the sort of words right out of the, my question that I was going to say to you. It must give you a big kick because, as you said, you're riding with the kids. You're seeing exactly where that yeah. fundraising is going. And you, you do, do do a lot of charity rides. Is this probably the most important one for you? Oh, definitely, uh, Dave. Uh, definitely uh, for the reasons I've just said. And you know what? These kids... They're inexperienced. They uh, are donated clothing. Uh, they are donated uh, the machinery that they ride on. Um, none of it is theirs. Uh, they have to give it back. And uh, the bikes are secondhand more times than not. Uh, one kid, his shoes and cleats broke around day of four or five. In the last three days of riding, he was forced to use his joggers. Now, you know what it's like. Uh, how fancy wearing uh, uh, shoes without cleats on those pedals, which are specifically made for, for cycling shoes. But he wore joggers and he made it to the finish line. 14 years old, this kid. I'd like to think in the future, and I'll be involved with this charity ride in the future, that we can get corporate sponsors on board, cycling corporate sponsors on board. Uh, you know, maybe um, uh, bike manufacturers can come on board and um, and issue uh, the machinery for the week and then the, the, the kids can return it. And you've got to remember also, Dave, uh, these kids are on the road for 10 hours. They're the first to leave because they are inexperienced, they are quite slow, and they're the last to arrive at the finish line, uh, distances of up to 160, 170 kilometres. And they're on the bike, on those saddles, for about uh, nine and a half to ten hours. Boy, that's, uh, that's a big day, isn't it? And uh, again, they're inexperienced, they're young, they're novices, but they've turned aside, and despite the fact that they've come from troubled backgrounds. Maybe just uh, to conclude this, this stat, Tomo, thanks for your, for your experience. Can you uh, maybe give a couple of words to, to Darren? on Because you've been riding, you've been training mm. together uh, and maybe on his achievement because that's a, that, that's a big one as well. Look, uh, Darren first picked up his bike uh, on the 1st of January this year. And I can remember the first time we went out together, um, we rode around the eastern suburbs of Sydney. And uh, for those who know, uh, they're very hilly roads and streets, back streets. And uh, he was hurting. He, he, I think his first thoughts were, I'm never going to do 1,300 kilometres from Sydney to Geelong. Um, but uh, Darren is uh, the kind of guy who, when he sets himself a goal, he uh, he normally completes the task. And he's done that uh, he grew with confidence. We went on a few training rides, actually, not just the eastern suburbs of Sydney, but uh, on the central coast of New South Wales. And he just grew with confidence and to the point where uh, he was willing to learn, willing to know all the tricks of the trade when it comes to long-distance riding. And um, he was a novice no more. And I'm sure, and I'd like to think that after his 1,300-kilometre ride, he will continue to ride uh, uh, as... Um, as a, as a hobby, as a, as a pastime, and, and that's what cycling does. Once you catch the bug, uh, you, you never lose it. 
And you know that yourself, Christoph. Dave uh, McKenzie caught the bug, I think, about, uh, what, 35 years ago, Dave? You're still doing it. Well, yeah, a, bit, yeah, a little bit longer than that, <laughs> sadly, I guess. Is that sadly or happily? Um, no, but uh, Darren was just saying, he, he said he's absolutely going to continue riding, but he said he needs to find a better training group because he said you're a bit too slow. <laughs> he's stepping it up to the next level. Sorry, Tom, I'm out of you, mate. So I've offered my services. I said, look, down in Melbourne, we're pretty serious down here. You know, we shave and polish the legs before our rides and all our, our cafe lattes are a little bit stronger than the ones in Sydney. Nah, look, so. look, look, in, look, in all seriousness, Tomo, um, I could not have done it without your guidance and your mentorship. And I think it doesn't just speak volumes of, of um, your willingness to give your time, but also the cycling community generally. I mean, I've played a lot of team sports in my time, football, um, rugby league, cricket. Um, and what I've experienced the last four months riding with all different groups of riders from different clubs and different pelotons and whether it's a, an organised group or just a social gathering, every cyclist is will, willing and able to impart their knowledge onto you. There was never mm-hmm. any ego. They saw what I was trying to do and they just wanted to help me. Um, it, I was welcomed into, into cycling social groups with open arms um, and it was overwhelming. It, it was a big part of what kept me going on some of those really difficult um, rides, you know, as I was trying to expand my baseline from 20 to 50 to 60 to 80 Ks. Um, honestly, I don't know if I could have kept on with it had, it, had that culture not existed in, in, in those cycling groups that I went out with on so many early mornings. So thank you so much for introducing me to that. It's an absolute pleasure, Darren. But you know what? Once you wear Lycra, everybody is equal. I had uh, new, new neurosurgeons ride with me, uh, qualified people, pro- professional people, probably earning up to $3 million a year. Who knows? But uh, once you wear Lycra, everybody is equal. We're on a level playing field. And that's what makes cycling and these long-distance rides uh, so beautiful. Absolutely. Thank you for your time, Tomo. Pleasure, fellas. Good to talk to you. See you in July. See you, mate. Yeah, will do, Maka. Some very good words from him uh, uh, towards you as well. How do you feel today? You must be feeling pretty proud. Uh, I am pretty proud. I'm, I've, I'm having a bit of an uh, out-of-body experience at the moment. I, I have, like, for the last two days, we rolled into Is that Geelong. how strong the coffee in Melbourne is? <laughs> well, I tell you what, I'm going to have to wean myself off coffee generally because I've been having about five or six a day for the That's last two days. You drink, you drink, well, I always found, I drink more coffee. The more I ride, the more coffees I have. Did yeah. you, is that what you oh, found? Oh, totally, yeah. Because yeah, we, we were up at 5.45 every morning for yeah. 10 days. I'm not a morning person. <laughs> I'm not a morning person. For work, oh, I I'm start. hearing you, brother. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> My day doesn't start earlier than 10.30, generally. Oh, well, news yeah. readers, you, yeah. you guys have got the easy gigs. Oh, exactly right. Tommy yeah. reckons you roll in at 2 p.m. I was going to say 3 p.m. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, coffee in the morning, coffee morning tea, coffee lunch, coffee afternoon tea, coffee when you get in. Um, that's the routine. But, yeah, we rolled into Geelong yesterday at about 3.30, and before we went to the finish line, all the riders, about 180 of us, um, we huddled together about 2Ks from the finish um, just to pat each other on the backs, and there were tears... Uh, there were big bear hugs. Because they all, were... all have a personal story, I guess, to do this. Everybody there, every rider has a reason for being there. And I can tell you, as much as my story meant to me, as relative as that, as that was to me, it paled in comparison to some of the stories that I heard out there on the roads. And as you would know, you spend so much time... You would time... have heard a few stories, sorry oh, to interrupt, no, yeah. in each evening... 
uh, generally you have a speaker, yeah, that, that tells a story. And, that's right, yeah. yeah. Every evening you have a speaker um, who will get up there. Every evening we have a check um, who that's handed over to a local community group for about $10,000. Um, you hear from a cancer researcher. You hear from a survivor. They tell you why they're involved with Tour de Cure, why they ride. Um, and every day when you're out in the saddle, we're spending eight, nine hours in the saddle, and and obviously the, you, the person you're riding next to is changing every 45 minutes or so, and you have a chat. Hey, mate, how you doing? How your legs feeling? What's going on? And invariably you get to their story, why they're mm-hmm. doing it. I, I rode next to one guy, Jonathan, for, geez, about three days before he decided to open up to me, and his wife uh, has terminal cancer, and they bought a four-bedroom house um, in Geelong about two years ago because they're going to have kids. They realised they couldn't have kids because I think it was cervical cancer. Um, so their life plans just 180 turned yeah. around. Mm. Everything fell apart. So she has terminal cancer now and they've sold the house. He's doing tour de cure to raise as much money as he can. They've bought a caravan. They're going to go traveling for 12 months. And that's, and that, and to, hearing those kinds of stories mm-hmm. and not just one-off stories like that. I rode next to people who, who had a mother who died, a, a wife who died, a daughter who has leukemia, like just the most incredible stories of resilience and courage and it puts everything into perspective. Yeah, and the people that oh, – I don't know if you found this, Darren, but the people who I guess uh, – and I'm not saying you, you weren't directly affected. You, you've you've got your own story there, but those ones, I guess, that are even closer, I guess, to the story, like the gentleman who you said you, you rode with for a few days, they're the ones that sort of stand strong and tall. Hmm. You know, they're the ones – they've got the biggest adversity going on in their lives – their loved ones, you know, that are really close to them, and or or, or they are the ones that are suffering cancer or, or a life-threatening disease themselves, and they're the ones that sort of stand strong and tall, and they do these events, and you're thinking to yourself, how how can this person be here? How can they get up and speak? You know, with what they've got to go and deal with, you know, when this ride finishes, that adversity doesn't finish for them. Absolutely, it gets harder. So mm-hmm. I find, and I know it's a bit of a crazy thought, but sometimes I think it's it's not meant to be. That's not the right and nice way to put it. But it's these people that are able to deal with that. Other people, I don't think I could. I don't think I could deal with that adversity. Well, you know what? Probably you could. Well, if mate, you were facing that, it. Yeah, I think so. I, you, no. Look, you're probably right. I think we all have that inner strength in us. But it is amazing how strong you see people and, are. And, and one thing that that cycling and tour de cure teaches you it's it's the inner strength, but it's also your support network. It's helping each other. And I can't tell you how many times we were climbing out of Kangaroo Valley or we were climbing up to Dead Horse Gap from Threadbow and you'd that see sounds someone. Easy, Dead Horse Gap. Yeah, exactly right. I can confirm there are no live horses up there. <laughs> um, and you'd see someone struggling and another cyclist will come up and literally put their hand on their back and help them up the hill and you think Tomo's got some great pictures actually on his social media where two guys are actually helping this kid going up. Yes. Same thing, this idea of idea. Yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, you, you haven't talked too much about you, but you're doing some good work as well, Micah. Yeah, I, I do. I work for a charity yeah. called, or a charity organisation, I guess, that, that then, like Tour de Cure, um, that raises money for, you know, direct charities um, called Chain Reaction. It's a corporate charity and they raise money for sick kids. It's purely for sick kids. Um, and it's across... Uh, pretty much Victoria, New South, and Queensland. Yeah, and I've been I've been really fortunate again to to you know go to some of these places like very special kids, uh, Starlight Foundation. They're two of the big recipients in Victoria, 
And when it's about kids, anyone, anyone who's got a life-threatening mm-hmm. illness is bad. I think we'll all agree on that. Um, that's obvious. But when it's sick kids, it really hits home even more because you think they haven't even got to live their some of their life. They haven't even got to enjoy their teens or their, their 20s or marriage or, you know. And some of them do, some of them don't. But it is, yeah, again, it hits at home and I think, what you do, you, you realise all your problems, or mm-hmm. at least mine anyway, they're all first world problems. You know, my biggest problem is, you know, paying off my mortgage and, uh, you know, getting my car serviced. <laughs> and, that, you know, you realise your problems are so insignificant. Yeah. Um, and all of these charities or organisations that, that, cr- that raise this money, they're all so important. There's so many of them, though. And I mean, there's, it's a big competitive space now, isn't it, Darren? It's and an I, industry. It, it is an industry. Mm. And but it's think, an industry that's raising money. Yeah, oh, it's, a, it's an industry for good, for, for, good, yeah. for positive yeah. change yes, in society. Right. But it's competitive, getting it's, sponsorships and getting yeah. corporate partners and broadcast partners. Mm. I mean, Tortoise is lucky that they've got Channel Seven on board mm. and Seven Sunrise broadcast every morning, as you would know. Um, but for some of the smaller charities, I mean, for the Youth Off the Streets charity, which Tomo says, I mean, they're in that earlier phase now where they're trying to get that attention. And, and you can tell by what Tomo said. I mean, they're not struggling for money, but you know. Surely there's a bike company. Well, the cycle, yeah. I was about to say to Tomo, don't go looking for money from the cycling industry. <laughs> but surely there's a bike company out could there few that could just give some yeah, bikes. Give bikes yeah. you know, like a youth off the streets. I, I just think that's probably one of the most important, mm. you know, organisations, yeah, uh, charities in, in our society. To, we've got to breed, you know, good kids, don't we, from mm-hmm. the ground up. We can't try and change them when they're yeah. in adulthood. So... So Dar- yeah. Darren, you you've raised a certain amount of money. What's next for you? Do you oh. are you doing it again next year? Is that something oh, you look, want to do more of? I have a handshake handshake agreement with my team leader Adam Dew. If you're out there, Dewey, thank you so much for your help, <laughs> mate. Um, to do the Tour de Cure in two years' time, um, it's a huge commitment. It's a big time commitment. Um, it's time away from your family when you're training. I mean, I don't have any kids, but I do have a partner and I have a life and a career. I. Five or six years ago, when I had that cancer cluster that I was talking about earlier, I promised to myself that I would do something every year. Mm -hmm. Um, Next year, I don't know what that will be, but I think um, from a fundraising perspective, I mean, to do the Tour de Cure signature tour, which I did, you have to raise at least $12,000, which is a lot of money. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of money to ask from people. Um, And I was incredibly lucky to have so many supportive people, particularly through SBS. I did a lot of... uh, a lot of events through SPS to raise that money. Um, but I, I almost feel like I need to give it two years to, to yeah. ask people again. Yes, it's that's a really good point. And, yeah, with the, the charity that I do some work for, and they're corporate, so it's a little bit different, I guess, raising big money for them. There's less people and more money raised per individual, obviously because of their contacts and the work that they're in. But even some of them say, you know, after three, four years, you're going back to the same mm. sort of companies, you know, to give you 10000 or 20000 here or there. They go, you need to sort of maybe give them a break and say, listen, I'll come back in two or three years' time. Because they're obviously like, and it goes back to there are so many charities out there and some of these people or the people I'm sure that donated to you, Darren, they're giving money as well to other to other charities, oh, to yeah. other organisations. And they're and generally they're the... They're the the real saints of the world, aren't they? Mm-hmm. That that want to give to a lot of different um, charities. But, but Tour de Cure is uh, is giving money to research. 
as yeah, a research, again, also to support services, yeah, but mostly yeah. it's about finding a cure. That's that's the, the we, we, had, we had Jeff uh, in, in this podcast way, way back on it. Uh, and he reached a massive target this last month because 50 million. 50 is, million. That was his target, 50 million. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, 50 million over the 13 years yeah. of Tour de Cure. And this year we raised... It raised $10 million over the year, and we raised $3 million alone from the signature tour, which we just finished. Incredible numbers. And I know this is – it's not, it's not, it's not uh, irrelevant, I should say. Um, everyone who does it is, is a superstar in my mind. But you did have a few celebs, and I saw, being an AFL uh, fan, Tony Lockett. Plugger. Plugger. Oh, Was he there mate. for the whole lot, or did he just join for a couple of he days? He was there the whole time. Tony he Lockett lean. has bike, can ride. He looks super fit. <laughs> mate, he was up in the engine room every day. He's a leader, and wow. he's got pins that are, that are like tree trunks, <laughs> pure muscle. And you knew, I knew that if I was in Plugger's Peloton and he was in the top six. You were, good. Be, you were going to be on bunch time. I was going to be fourth wheel behind him, <laughs> behind him riding in the slipstream. So you learnt quickly. You I learned very quickly, quickly yeah. Like a pro, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I love it. I love it. Front group, echelon splits, Plugger's there. I'm yeah. safe. <laughs> I can tell you what, I've learnt so much about cycling the last four months, particularly the last... 10 days. Um, as I was saying, 180 people, about a third of them are kind of like me. Um, I've ridden bikes, but never more than about 15 Ks. Um, the top third are people who are exceptionally gifted athletes. They're, mm-hmm. they're um, you know, maybe could have been elite, but just never really went that way. Some of them were elite and are now just riding casually. But there are just some, there are some engines out there. They just pump it out every stage, rain, sleet, wind, whatever. They just 31, 32 Ks an hour, boom, 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 in and out. Um, And that's what, um, that's the kind of cadence and tempo that we were keeping the whole time. And Plugger was chief among them. And he was a, an amazing ambassador. We did school visits. We visited thousands of school kids across New South Wales, Canberra and Victoria. And Plugger was there front and centre every time with an AFL ball, doing passes, doing kicks, having kids hanging off him, taking photos. And the guy's got a sense of humour too. And he and he seems, you know, there, there was stories going around a few years ago saying, oh, you know, the recluse Tony Lockett. He's not a recluse at all. He no. just doesn't put his hand up and say, oh, here I am put me on the front of your newspapers or, or I'm doing good. How about give me a headline? He seems that sort of guy that goes about his business, goes about his, his personal life. He doesn't need to make a big hoo-ha about it, just does it. That's right. And yeah. uh, that's how he that's how he carried himself on tour. Yeah. Um, he just got up there, got the stages, got the kilometres done. Um, we had a, I think it was after stage seven, um, a little Q&A session with him at uh, dinner that night. And... Um, his personality really came out and he commanded the room like an ace. Yeah, wow. Like an ace. You could tell it's just there, but as you say, he's not a showman. Yeah. He's, he's a modest guy who's just hardworking, who has an ethic and, and who knows how to push through a pain barrier. Yes. Uh, okay. Well, thank you for coming, guys. Uh, I hope uh, we have inspired a lot of people to actually take part or help um, people are raising money for for those kind of charity. Thank you, Darren. To uh, I've made a journey. I know you. It's, it's not that far, but you came from Geelong to see us. So thank you. My pleasure, Christoph. Happy to be here. And thank you, Michael. Yeah, pleasure always. And that was the Zwift Cycling Central podcast for this week. Uh, remember, you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website sbs.com.au/slash/cycling-central or schedule a ride with our lovely friends at Zwift. Until next time. It's bye for now. A quick shout out from our sponsor before we go. If you're looking for a new way to ride without traffic or punches getting in your way, hop on Zwift. We use it. Your cycling buddies probably use it. And the pros, they definitely use it. 
Zwift turned indoor training into a full-on gaming experience. Connect your PC, Mac or Apple device and you'll pedal with thousands of cyclists around the world. And there's a good chance you'll see a pro on there too. Loads of them are on Zwift on their rest days riding around Wattopia. Give them a ride on if you see them. If you've got a trainer, start your free trial on Zwift.com.